Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Jock to Jock podcast presented by Rock 108 and sponsored by I'm on Communications. Experience the I'm on difference. I'm Brian Marshall. I'll be joined by Tori Taylor, number nine, your punter for the Iowa football team. Next. Three, two, one, and we're on. Today we're talking about I'm on. Yeah, you're on. I know I'm on. I need to talk about I'm on. Yeah, you're on. Why talk about it? No, that's in the script. I'm on. Well, we know you're on. No, Iowa's most reliable internet. I'm on. Yes, you are on. Stay always on. You're on! Stay always on with Iowa's most reliable internet and get same day or next day installation guaranteed. I'm on.net. Oh, I'm on.net. Why don't you say so? It's the Jock to Jock podcast here on rock108.com and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Marshall. This is our handoff episode, as it were. So this one could be essentially called Jock to Jock to Jock. I'm joined by punter for the Iowa football team, Tori Taylor. Hello. Great morning. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. Looking forward to it, as always. And then for the fall season, as we go into the winter and beyond, who's joining us for Jock to Jock after that? Connor McCaffrey. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to, excited to get going. So this is going to be an interesting episode. I, I kind of wanted to talk to the both of you about, Tori, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on how uh, how the team did this week? It's coming off of a win. Oh, I mean, it's always good to win. Yeah, from a team perspective, I thought we moved the ball a lot better this week um, from an offensive point of view. Uh, yeah, we did really well. Defense was great. Only conceded the one touchdown, which was all thanks to to my part, but that's all right. Um, so, no, it was it – was, uh, yeah, it was just good to be back on the winner's list, I guess. You're sitting there for, what, almost three or two and a half quarters, right, plus halftime? Yeah, about, yeah, two and a half quarters. What do you do at that point? See, people have asked me that. It was a really, really strange feeling because I'm usually used to probably on average two punts a quarter maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe one and a half punts a quarter. Yeah, it was a bizarre feeling just because pretty much ever since I got here, I kind of knew that I was going to be punting a lot because um, we do punt a lot. So, yeah, to kind of sit out the first half and not punt. I was still out on the field a lot um, for PATs and field goals. But, um, yeah, to not um, punt was – yeah, it was strange. Yeah, when I look back back on it, so it's like, oh, I only had the one punt. That's probably a good thing. But it was a shit punt. So, I would. it's kind of funny because I um, – I joked around with Spencer on the sideline. I was like, hey, mate, like, you think you could like take a sack or something so I can get one more opportunity to punt? And he's just like, not a chance. He's like, now, now you know what it's like to have a shit day, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Out of luck in, in that regard. But, yeah, I tried my hardest to see if Spence could, you know, give me another opportunity. But unfortunately not, or maybe fortunately not. You walk away with a W, though. And then Drew yes, Stevens. exactly. Big Ten freshman of the week with four for four on field goals, including the 54-yarder. How are you feeling when you had to accept the ball from the long snapper for 54-yarder? You knew it's his long, right? Yeah, I did. He actually hit one in practice that week. So the ball was on the 36. And I remember thinking, I was like, we better not punt this ball. 
because I will be furious if we're punting from that close. Yeah. And then, yeah, Coach Farron said, all right, kick it. And then I was like, all right, let's go, Drewski. And kind of on his range, he didn't uh, strike it the best. But yeah, kind of just got over the upright. And yeah, it was, but it was all good. Yeah, really exciting moment for him. And he's really, really just come in and done his job really well. You guys are constantly out there working together, right? Yeah, so Monday we have field goal period. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday we got um, two minutes. And then Wednesday we got field goal period. So, yeah, every day really. And then on Fridays, I'm just getting the snaps with Luke. We're not kicking or anything like that. But, um, yeah, we got a really good robotic operation um, going. Luke really, really makes life easy for me, um, and which makes life easier for Drew. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on the W there. Speaking of field goal, it means something different to Connor McCaffrey, also joining us on the Jock to Jock podcast. How did you feel about the week for the team? Yeah, no, I uh, I was excited and uh, I was happy with how we played. It was a good game to to be a part of, and uh, you know I think it was a good like good little warm up for what we got to come. So Jeff Horner coming back to Carver Hawkeye, when you, what does that mean for you and the rest of the team to have to take on a former Hawk like that? You know, to be honest, I think it was more like for the fans because I, you know, I I didn't really. I mean, I, I knew nothing about – I mean, I knew who Jeff was, but I yeah. never – you know, I, I wasn't here yet. And a lot of the players on this team, like, I think maybe they were – at this point now, we're looking at guys that weren't even really watching Iowa basketball yet. Um, when he played, you know, I, I could have been one that, that did, but I, I wasn't tuned in at the time. So I think it was more cool, like, for the for the fans to see, to see him back. And, um, you know, I definitely think – I heard from some people that they were – excited to see him around with the grind that is the basketball season and practice that goes along with it do you guys get a chance to to catch up on what the football team is doing or or how does that work for you guys oh yeah we watch we watch all the games that we can sometimes um like sometimes like say they have a a three o'clock game Mm -hmm. we practice at like i don't know like 11 right and then we'll get over for the game but if they have a morning game that kind of screws everything up with recruits because then recruiting stuff like practice would have to start at like 8 a.m., which means recruits would have to get there at like 6.30 or 7 to start meetings, and nobody wants to do that. So when they play at 11, it kind of sucks because we always practice at 12. So we get to watch the beginning of the game, but then we have to go and get get ready to to practice so we don't get to see the end of the game. Um, And then night games, obviously, we're we're clear by then as well. So we we watch whenever we can. And uh, we go, I mean, we go whenever we can too, but it just kind of depends on the time of the game. Tori was mentioning kind of being in a robotic state with, with Drew in his practice. What are some of the things that, that you have to do on a consistent basis for practice that, you know, kind of get your game ready to go for the week? Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, kind of like Tori was saying, like I'm pretty used to practice. You know, I've been through a lot of them and we kind of, we have some we have like we have a good routine right we have a solid routine that we go through on a week to week basis and say we're playing i don't know say we're playing on monday this week right we'll we'll start with the two day prep on saturday so we introduce the team we'll watch film we'll go over their personnel their plays you know all of that kind of stuff and then we'll go out to the court and we'll go through how they play what kind of defenses do they play mm-hmm. Um, you know, are they going to press? 
Are they going to be what what type of offense do they run? Are they going to be in transition? Are they going to play half court? Like we we do all of that starting on Saturday. So that's kind of the the way that that practice starts up and and goes throughout a throughout a game week. And you know, say we we play Monday, we'll we'll play that night, finish off. Uh, sometimes get off Tuesday, sometimes not. Kind of depends on our next game. But if we play Friday. We might be off Tuesday and then start that same process on Wednesday and just keep it going. Really is a routine. For those of us who don't do it on a regular basis, that we just watch. And and you guys highlight this a lot when you talk to those that are in the media whenever the team is struggling a little bit. If they have it, if they're not in it, they don't understand how much effort goes into game day. For you, Connor, a couple times a week. For you, Tori, once a week, but still. It's it's a grind the entire time. Would you guys like to talk to that real quick? Yeah, I mean, kind of just a wording to what Connor said. When I first got here, I was kind of just figuring it all out. Like, I didn't really have a routine or anything like that. And it's funny, I kind of look back now and I was like, wow, like, I can't believe I used to do shit like that. And it was really hard for me to change things because um, when I first got here, obviously, kind of having a little bit of success that I had, I was like, well, I'm not going to change anything. Like, why would I do that? Like, why would I try and fix something that's not broken? But then I think it was the Wisconsin game because um, it was so cold. Like, I was literally sitting on the bench, like in a jacket and everything, like not doing my normal routine. And then because um, I didn't, I didn't really have one. But now I've got such a detailed routine, just in terms of like whether it's on sideline. I don't really have like a weekly routine or anything like that. Um, but yeah, just to touch on routine and kind of to touch on what you said, I kind of had a little chuckle cause it's, it's quite amusing that, and, it, and it's funny because it, what, obviously you guys saw what happened with, um, coach Ferrans a, a couple of weeks ago with the, was it after the Ohio state game? I don't know what, what you said. I haven't seen the video or anything like that, but I think he said that he was like glad he wasn't the media reporter or anything like that and they all got so butthurt about it which I find absolutely hysterical because it's like they're more than happy to poke fun at everyone else on the team but as soon as someone says something to them it's like oh no 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 you, you can't say that but um yeah I thought I thought that was uh pretty amusing and yeah sometimes like when it comes to the media I don't really give a shit what they say but it's kind of funny because sometimes they think that well I think it's like you really think that we're going out there to lose like everyone's busting their ass I'm sure Connor will attest to that, but each to their own. That's just my two cents. Connor, there was a lot of that kind of going on earlier, probably in your your basketball run, where there was a lot of people just coming down, not only on Coach McCaffrey, but but the rest of the team. And you guys probably just kind of steer away from it, but then after the game, post-game pressers, all that kind of stuff, how, how does that get to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, you just kind of you just kind of get used to it, honestly. Like, I don't really it, – it's kind of like th- there's some good and some bad, right? Like, some games is going to be great and the media is going to be fine, and then there's some games where you didn't play well and they're going to be – they're going to ask questions about it. Like, what was so bad? Why? And they, they want to get to the bottom of it. So it kind of depends on just the way you go about answering questions. And, I mean, like for me, like it, we don't get – like not every person has to do media after games, but – yeah. Like I always just try if I'm selected or whatever, I always just try to be like really honest because I don't really. I mean, it is what it is, right? Like if we lost, every everybody saw it, so I'll just be, I'll just say what I think, and usually, I feel like they respect that. But it's still not going to be everything you want to read 
all the time. And that's, and that is tough. But like, so for example, I'll just, you know, like during the season, I'll just pretty much get off Twitter. Like don't really look at Instagram. Like I'll use it for, for different things. Right. Like I'll, I don't know, post on Twitter about like my podcast or the world series or, you know, things like that, like different things. But then like outside of that, like say we play a game on Wednesday and we don't play well. I'll just open Twitter and like scroll to the top and scroll to the top of my mentions and just won't look at anything for at least a couple of days because I just know it's not going to be not going to be anything good. With the Jock to Jock podcast here, and we're going to cut off the, the the sports portion of this at least at this point. So let's uh, let's get to some of the fun stuff. Let's compare and contrast locker room lifestyles. Obviously, it's a bigger locker room in the football locker room, but I wanted to know. <laughs> Is there any particular rules, places that you prefer to sit, uh, anything that different between the two locker rooms, or are they pretty much the same, do you think? I always like to think that I'm probably in the best part of the locker room. So I've got Terry Roberts, who's number two. Well, Xavier, who's one. Terry Roberts is two. Cooper DeGene's three. And then I've got Lee Sean Williams. And then five's Justin Jacobs. Like, he's a funny dude. And then Keegan. Then I've got seven, who's like Spencer Petrus. He's always talking shit. And then Alex Padilla is next to me. Arlen Bruce is next to me. So I feel like I'm in a really, really good corner. And it's kind of funny. Everyone kind of seems to levitate towards that corner because they know, well, most of the time that it's Terry Roberts and Spencer just going at it about something or just talking a bunch of shit. And that's in the middle. So people are always walking past um, saying God knows what. So, yeah, it's certainly a good time in the locker room. Uh, everyone uh, has their own little... Um, locker and cubby and whatnot, etc. Et but it's probably the one thing that I'm, and I'm sure Connell will agree with this. It's probably the one thing that I'm really going to miss um, when I leave. Is that um, yeah? It's always the, the little things that um, you remember, just all that locker room banter and just messing around with all the guys on the team. Yeah, no, I definitely I would agree with what Tori said. Um, you know, d- the locker room is something that I think a lot of guys miss when they're done. It's just you get used to hanging out with the team, still telling stories, messing around, and that's kind of the – those are like the the days that you kind of remember, I guess. Um, but our locker room is – obviously it's a lot different because it's only 15 guys or whatever. We're all going all the time. Just how Tori was talking about how they have like kind of that corner, that's pretty much like our entire locker room is like the same amount of people. So we're always talking, going through it, whatever. And we kind of have, like, different portions to our locker room. So, like, when you first walk in, like, the main room is, like, kind of like a living room. There's some chairs, couches, and stuff that you can sit down and chill out. Then in the back is, like, the actual where our lockers are, and that's where we change and everything. So, like, after practice, we might go back to the to the actual lockers, and that's where we start arguing. But if we're, like, just messing around, like, before a game, uh, like, we have pregame meal four hours before before a game and so then after pregame meal we have like an hour and a half still before we before we really get into anything so everyone will just go and stay like in the main living room mm-hmm. and just kind of talk and hang out and so that's where we'll be after that so it just changes so connor who's the uh, locker room dj on your team it kind of depends so like on game days it's different after practice, I'll usually go grab it if, if anyone's playing. But, like, for games, a lot of guys, like, Big Jelly will always be saying something. Um, like, 
Tony always has headphones. In. Like, a lot of guys listen to their own music on game days, mm-hmm. like when we're playing. But then, like after practice or something, on after practice, everybody kind of goes their own separate ways because, like, some guys will go get treatment. Some guys eat right after practice. Some guys shower right away and then go eat. Some guys stay out and shoot and then come in. So some guys watch film with coaches or whatever. So it kind of changes. So we're not always like in a huge group together. Gotcha. Tori, uh, Connor had mentioned somebody singing. Who I've asked you before who can lift the most on the team. Now I want to find out who has the best voice. Who's the best singer in your locker room? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. That's probably Spencer Patriots probably um, – <laughs> He can play the guitar and sing, but not that he really does it in the locker room. Yeah. But, you know, if someone's like playing a good song, everyone just kind of chips in um, and sing and sings along to it. But a lot of the time it's rap music and I just really can't. That's not really my vibe. So, and I don't even know what they're saying half the time. So, yeah, I can't, I don't really get into it that much. But, um, yeah, Terry Roberts is always banging out a few tunes. He's usually in charge of the speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, big YA Black. He he's got a speaker down his end. He'll sometimes take over. It really just depends on the um on the day. But yeah, it's always a post practice thing. Tori had admitted to me, Connor, that he's an '80s kind of a guy. Uh, is that something that you're down with? Or if Tori came in and started playing '80s music in in the basketball locker room, would you be all right with that? I mean, Tori's my guy, but I, I don't think I I don't think I would be all right with that. To be honest, <laughs> I don't think not, I could really. Not, yeah, it depends on depends on the song. Yeah, I mean, there are some 80s songs. Well, I, honestly, yeah. there's some old songs. That I don't even know if they're 80s. It might be 70s. It might be 90s. But there's some that are good. Yeah, but I, sure. we're We're definitely a, a rap locker room, too. Because I played yeah. – because I like country, too, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. I listen to – like I, I like Jason Aldean and like some guys like that. Like I'll listen. Uh, but like I played that a little bit ago because he had a concert. And so I was playing Small Dean and I got some really bad – really bad comments made towards me. <laughs> do you do you wear headphones while you're getting ready for the game there then Connor? <clears throat> what what gets you going on game day? Um I used to and like cuz I thought I would just kind of like jack myself up a little bit, but at this point now like I don't not caring is not the right thing, but I don't really need like the extra like motivation. Like I'll get into the music like when we go out to the court cuz we're always playing music, but I don't really need to wear headphones and get locked in you know two hours before i kind of just hang out talk to people mess around walk around just chill out because i'm i don't know i just kind of try to keep it try to keep the the vibe pretty pretty relaxed tori how has being a college athlete improved for you over the last few seasons since 2019 uh in what regard sorry any facet i mean obviously the nil being a big thing where uh, athletes can now benefit upon what they do you're a little bit different situation being that you're from australia but have you found anything that is improved over the last few seasons for you either through that or any other methods um oh to talk about nil yeah it doesn't really have too much of an effect on me Mm -hmm. for me i think the whole nil deal should reward people for um not necessarily performance but i feel like it should be more performance based and it's not if that makes sense. Okay. I mean, you kind of get like there's there's this, um, there's a lot going on within football where people can sign up for all these events and, oh, you can do this and you can do that. And it's like, well, come on, man. Like you haven't you haven't even like played a game yet. Like why don't you worry about football first? Yeah. Because to me, I've always thought it's football, school, 
NIL. Well, for so long it was just football and school. But now a lot of guys are like, right, NIL, football, school. Do you know what I mean? When it, when I feel like the mature people understand, and Connor will get this and probably agree that if what you do like on the court or what you do on the field is good, that shit just takes care of itself. Like that comes to you. You don't have to go looking for it. Do you know what I mean? So the whole NIL thing um, I think is great in some regards as people, you're only in college for four years and if you're good enough and – yeah, I mean, like, Connor's one of the better players on the basketball team, so therefore people, like, they're going to know who he is. Do you know what I mean? And therefore, he should be rewarded for it. But now it's kind of just like this all-inclusive thing. It's like, oh, what he gets, I should get, and that's kind of the way it is. And I find that just not soft and weak probably isn't the right term, but I just feel like there's guys that try harder than others and they should be rewarded for it, and they're not, if that makes sense. Like, everyone kind of gets the same Yeah. Um, sometimes. We, yeah, maybe, maybe that's just my opinion, but um, I'm sure I'm sure I'm not the only one out there that, that probably thinks that. But, yeah, in terms of NIL, I think it's it's really just been something that people have kind of had to slowly adapt. I know Coach Friends wasn't really the biggest fan of it at the start, mm. but now, like, you really don't have a choice, and you see the money being thrown around, especially in the SEC. Yeah. Um, I know I've heard of guys, one of my good mates, he's at a big SEC school at the moment and they're, and they're doing well. Yeah. And he was telling me that their star play gets $200,000 a month. It's just absurd. Wow. That's up. But yeah. at the same time, you, like you just said, if you're in a place where you perform, you're putting yeah. asses in seats, why not get compensated? And I don't know, Connor, what do you, what's your take on this? Yeah, so I mean, I think Tori hit on a lot of it. Um, like, I think generally speaking, it's good, right? Because it is like, in theory, is the right thing, and it should have been done a while ago. But <clears throat> there's a fine line, right? So when you got somebody who's more worried about nil deals and more worried about making money than they are playing and being on the court or on the field, that's where you get yourself in trouble. And so, like, I mean, I think I think at Iowa, there's – I don't think you'll see any examples of that. Like, we <clears> – <throat> I don't think you'll see anyone or hear anyone say anything or do anything that might lead you to believe that they're more worried about the money, right? They're pretty much we – I mean, because just to be just to be quite honest, it's, it's not as big of a factor here as it is at these other places that – Tori's talking about totally. it. There's not as much money to be worried about. Like maybe if I was getting 200 K a month, then maybe I would be a little more worried about it, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really not like, I'm not too pressed about it. I'm focused on what I'm doing, focused on the court. And I think for the reasons Tori was stating, like you mentioned, coach Ferentz wasn't a huge proponent of it when it, when it first came out, I think that's kind of why a lot of people weren't a huge fan of it um, because it, it can separate teams in ways like say like you might be a, a bad team a bad program a bad fan base a bad city bad facilities but if you have a huge fan base with tons of money all of a sudden you're vaulted into the conversation because you can just start paying guys and you're going to get players mm. and that's also not really what this was supposed to be it's supposed to be the best players make money because they're good and because they are providing I don't know, assets, I guess, for the university. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're bringing in ticket revenue and people are coming to see them and, and they should be able to 
make money off of that. And that's true. But then when you just start paying guys for play, that's when you see the differences. And that's, that's what everyone else is doing now because there's just loopholes around it. And so hopefully, like, I think, I think Iowa fans are really, really under understanding of kind of what, what's going on. They're smart and they're starting to pick up on what's really happening. So I, I think that we will start to be able to, I don't know, just pay guys instead of actually having to perform like something for an even exchange. Like, cause pre- that's not what, it, that's not what happens anywhere else. So pretty soon that that's probably what we'll get to. What I'd like to move on to next is usually on the jock to jock podcast. Uh, I present some, opportunities to Tori about the Marshall Exchange program. The last episode, Connor, I, I brought some news stories to Tori that come from Australia. And Tori, I have some more news stories from Australia for this round. More ridiculousness. I'm ready to go. Far away. Guys, in health news, researchers in Australia have come up with a new way for people to lose weight. Tori, do you do you have any idea on how somebody can lose weight? What what might this be in Australia that the researchers have come up with? Oh, it's going to be something stupid. I don't know that. You're absolutely right because it's coming from me. No, no, no. Um, well, usually you probably just eat a little better and exercise, but that just sounds too easy and simple. Yeah. I know it's going to be something that everyone kind of probably thinks is bad for you. And they're saying, oh, if you have more of this and less of that, then you might be okay. But yeah, I want to hear this. In I think I saw this. Did you see this, Connor? You, you I have... think I, I think I saw this, but I'm gonna let you say it. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tori, researchers in Australia came up with a new way for people to lose weight. It involves eating sand. Yep. Uh, I mean that I don't even know what to say to that. That came from Australia. Yep, it came from Australia. <laughs> that's honestly embarrassing. And who eats sand? <clears throat> well, somebody that's face down at Frankston Beach. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> oh no i mean god there's some stupid shit set out there isn't there yep you ready for the next one <laughs> i don't know if i am but far away all right study in australia found that picking your nose might cause alzheimer's <laughs> there's more grant money being funneled to nose picking studies in australia right now a study found that at least 12 primates picked their nose a separate study found that doing it too much might give you Alzheimer's because of a certain bacteria, a type of chlamydia that has been linked to dementia. Researchers at Griffith University in Australia have shown it can get into your brain by entering through your nose. And when they tested it on mice, brain cells responded by producing beta proteins that were leading towards Alzheimer's. There's a lot of complicated scientific terms in there, so I'm almost going to have to believe it. You're, you're, as much as it doesn't really make sense, they've kind of, they've explained it pretty well, haven't they? Yeah, you're not a biology major, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, Connor, you? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, next one. This one is uh, actually a place in Melbourne, Tori. Okay. A taxidermy place near Melbourne posted a video recently. They posted a video of a finished product on their Instagram. Do you have any idea what this finished product might happen to be? No. Connor, did you happen to see this one? No, I didn't see this one. A family wanted to preserve a pet. So what they did is they went to this taxidermy place in Melbourne and they had their pet dog turned into a dog skin rug. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like people do that shit here, don't they? But with like bears and stuff. 
Yeah. I guess it's not too abnormal, but I mean, uh, no, no, I don't know about that. How prevalent is taxidermy or, or is that prevalent a lot in where you're from? No, okay. not at all. In fact, I don't even know one person in a show that's probably done that, honestly. Well, there's one family. Yeah, there's one now, yeah. God, that's uh, that's kind of a little bit disturbing. Yeah. Connor, hunting season is starting uh, up north in Minnesota. You go out and hunt and you do anything like this? No, I don't. I um, I fish, but I don't hunt. I've never even I've never even shot a gun, to be honest. But I fish, I fish quite a lot. Okay, I'm going to move on to the final story. This one isn't necessarily from Australia, but this one kind of tied back to Tory in a way. Man in Chicago was arrested after kicking a cop in the groin. It happened just six days after he got out of prison for another time when he kicked a cop in the groin. So, Tory, you being um, a punter who knows a little bit about kicking. Is it about placement or is it more about <laughs> the angle of attack? <laughs> um, so when you say groin, is, are we just keeping things G-rated or? Tori, you don't keep things G-rated and I appreciate that. Nah, nah. So, well, to answer your question, it's probably about um, point of attack, I'd say. I feel like if you're going to kick someone in the groin, yeah, you, you better you better try and make sure you hit them where it hurts the most, but um, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. See, and I, I get a little worried because if he's a little off kilter, forgive me for saying this, but he might shank it off the 35-yard line. Yeah, kind of like I did last week, huh? Mm. <laughs> Is this going to be our last episode together? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, see, this is twice that I've done this, Connor. Yeah, that's um, all right. I, I brought it up a couple of weeks ago where I had him on the Jock to Jock podcast and said, I have three things that are commonly Americans associate with Australia. Uh, Crocodile Dundee, the Crocodile Hunter, and Outback Steakhouse. Yep. And the one that really got him pissed off, and it's going to happen again, was Bluey. Yeah, Bluey, the f***ing dog. (laughs) I thought it would be Outback Steakhouse. No, because not surprisingly, not many people ask me about that, honestly. But yeah, that Dog Bluey. We're not friends. (laughs) Tori, as we wrap up this episode, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, the game coming up this week? Well, usually you don't need a little bit of extra motivation. You should be motivated yourself, but playing two former Hawkeyes is probably going to be a little bit of uh, extra motivation for this one. So, yeah, excited to get out there and um, play those guys and the rest of the team. Not that we're really focusing on that, because if we were, then... Um, we're doomed, but yeah, I'd be lying if I said I haven't really been looking forward to this one the most because um, I have been. But yeah, it's going to be going to be fun. I'll be able to see you at Kinnick for the Wisconsin game that's coming up, so I'll be there. Oh, the awesome! Tori, anything else that you wanted to add, or uh, please mention one more time where they can get the shirts that go to the count to the kicks pro- or count for the kicks program? Um, yeah, so I've got a couple of things going at the moment that all goes to count the kicks. There's obviously the T-shirt on the Ray Gun website. Um, and then I got my every kit, kit counts um, website going too. So I think um, since the start of last year, yeah, we've um, raised nearly $50,000. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So really appreciate everyone's support. Tori, another great week on our Jock to Jock podcast. This will continue here in just uh, the next episode with Connor McCaffrey. We're going to take over and start talking a little bit of basketball. Tori, thanks so much for being a part of this today. No, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Jock to Jock podcast presented by Rock 108 and sponsored by Imon Communications. Experience the Imon difference. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.